You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. As we continue in our series in the Gospel of Mark, we've, we've gone from the beginning of chapter 7 where all this ruckus gets raised about the disciples eating with unwashed hands. And from that, Jesus then speaks to the crowd, draws them to himself, and really talks about what defiles a person, what really makes someone unclean. And it's not about what goes in, it's about what comes out. Now, in doing this, Mark lets everyone know that by this, Jesus is declaring all food clean. And it's like, oh, And that probably really got the Pharisees in an uproar because now their system of control and direction is is dissipating. They're They're losing their power over people by getting them to conform to the rules and regulations that they've tried to establish. After all that headache, and remind you, that Jesus is often trying to get away with his disciples to go to a quiet place where they can just get some rest. Now we find in this passage that once again, he's he's going into a, a mode where he's looking to be by himself. And so we'll pick that up here in just a second. The, the passage main focus today will have to do with the Syrophoenician's woman's daughter and the exchange that goes on with Jesus. Having come back from California, I know you're all just pregnant with anticipation because you want to see slide number two. Do we have any slides up there? There we go. There. Now, you might not think this has anything to do with the sermon, but it, it really does. So look and observe. This is Milo Allen Francis my first grandson. Next slide. He's at the dining table. Next. He is wearing his food. Oh, you missed one. There we go. He's done. And believe me, at that point, his mother has quite a bit of wisdom and this, there's this tarp around his high chair to collect all the stuff that has fallen to the floor. Hmm, we'll see how that enters into our story. Amen. Beginning at verse 24, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. 
the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the, ble- on the bed and the demon gone. Let's pray. Father, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive what the Spirit is speaking to the church today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Ken Fish is uh, a gentleman who traveled with John Wimber in the early days of the vineyard. He still has an incredible ministry called Orbis Ministries. If you want to look it up, you can get the app. A lot of tremendous teaching. I went to a conference and, and he said this one statement that I've never gotten away from. He says, when deliverance is what you need, nothing else will do. If deliverance is what you need, nothing else will do. Today's story, we got a desperate mother. <laughs> She's got a daughter who needs deliverance. And she realizes that. So as we get to the story, Jesus had left that place. It's been the place of teaching. It's been the place of they're trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to uh, show that his disciples are not true, true ceremonially clean, pure Jews. And, and uh, so he goes to the vicinity of Tyre, which is really outside of Galilee. It's outside the Jewish region. It's, he's going into the Gentile territory. If you can think of it this way, you know, who was the biggest opponents of, of uh, the Hebrews, the Israelites in the Old Testament? I usually always think of the Philistines. You know, it seems like that's recorded the battles and, and everything that takes place and stuff like that. And so when I, when I think he's gone to this region, it's like he's gone outside the boundaries of, of safe Judaism. And, and he's in an area where they're really prejudiced, anti-Jew, and the Jews are anti-Gentile. And uh, so much so that, you know, if you touched a leper, you're unclean. If you had contact with a Gentile, you were unclean. If you went into a Gentile's house, you were unclean. Any, any kind of association with a Gentile would bring a pronouncement of unclean, and you'd have to go through a series of ceremonial procedures to retain your cleansing. And so it's like, oh. So here he is. He, he's gone out of the area. One, the religious leaders aren't going to follow him. The, the scribes and Pharisees aren't going to go into this region. Two, when he gets into that vicinity, he enters a house. Okay, you do not enter the house of a Gentile. And here Jesus is entering a house. The text is silent. There could be a, a Jewish person living outside these boundaries, but probably not very likely. And he doesn't want anybody to know it. So he's going incognito. He, he's, he's wanting to go underneath the radar. He's looking for a place where he can go. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Now, a lot of times I can go incognito and keep my presence secret. There might be a little difference between me and Jesus. <laughs> but as we've seen in this gospel, 
the phenomena that has taken place and the miracles, the healings and the deliverances that he's done, the feeding of the 5,000, everybody is flocking at this point. He is the one that everybody wants to be in his presence. So much so that they're, they're bringing the sick people hoping a shadow will fall as, as, as he goes by or they can touch the hem of his garment. And so there's all of this commotion activity, uh, just the demand upon Jesus. So here he is once again, trying to find a place of solitude. And as soon as this mother heard about him, we get the identification. She's got a little daughter who's possessed by an evil spirit. What's the manifestation of that? The text is silent. The fact at the end that she's lying on a bed probably implies that there's some form of illness, some kind of uh, connection between what the demonic is doing in the child and the physical health that she's experiencing. It's obvious that something's wrong. So she comes to Jesus and she falls at his feet in a house where she's not supposed to be. And in one sense, Jesus isn't supposed to be because it's a Gentile house probably. The woman was a Greek, so she's a Gentile. She's born in Syrian Phoenicia. Some of the commentators say that she was probably a wealthy businesswoman. She was a woman of means and she was desperate. And she begged Jesus to drive out the demon from her daughter. Hmm. So that's our, that's our context today. Now we all know that Jesus is so sweet and kind and nice, and he never says anything that would make anybody be offended. He, he's very polite. He says, pretty please. And uh, oh no, that's not in the text. Here's the exchange of the dialogue. She's begging Jesus for her daughter to be delivered. And Jesus says, first let the children eat all they want. He told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. How do you feel? He's saying this to you. <laughs> first, let's feed the children. There's priority here. Children eat first. You don't give it to the dogs. Now, there's two words for dogs. There's the dogs that are out on the streets that's wild and roaming. And then there's the domesticated house puppies, puppy dogs. And he uses that term when he's, when he's speaking to her. So there's a little euphemistic, there's a, there's a little softening of the language. He's not saying, you're a dog, you don't get to have healing, you don't get to have deliverance because you're a dog. Hmm. Sounds like Jesus is prejudiced. But is he? Here the lady is there and she's, she's beside herself. She, she's desperate in need of her daughter's healing. And so as she comes to Jesus, she's sharp as a tack. 
It's interesting that she enters right into his metaphor between children and dogs and bread. And she comes right back and says, yeah, but the dogs, the little puppies, get to eat the crumbs that fall off the table that the children leave. That's where Milo comes in. There was plenty. He could feed a whole pack of dogs with all the stuff that fell off his, his high chair. And so here we, we see she is sharp. She is desperate for her dog. She doesn't take offense. You know, if, if, if I was there and I'm just trying to get Jesus to do something for me, and all of a sudden the, the language comes back with uh, some kind of class identification where the Israelites are the children and the Gentiles are the dogs, then I was like, well, forget you. But she is desperate. She has heard about Jesus. She has heard of what he's done and the authority that he carries. And so she just comes right in and humbles herself. She just humbles herself and says, yeah, but even the puppies get the crumbs that fall from the floor. What a heart. What a mother. It's, it's the mother who, who goes out and lifts the car off of the child. It, it's that kind of heroic, supernatural power that comes somehow on mothers when there's a hopeless situation with one of their children and they're going to find a way to make it happen. And here she doesn't appeal to her strength, to her manipulative. She just comes and takes the humble understanding of the metaphor, identifies herself as one of the puppies and her daughter as a little puppy and is there and is asking, yeah, Lord, but even the dogs get the scraps that fall from the table. Hmm. Jesus has a response to this that's quite amazing. He says, because of this reply, it's because of the reply. Wow. What is in the reply? There's something in her language. He's just talked about what defiles. And when they're talking about food and how you eat and utensils and all that kind of stuff, what? And Jesus is saying, no, it's what comes out. And what comes out of this woman in her reply is something that shows uh, the faith, it shows the compassion. It shows the wisdom. It shows her desperation. She needs Jesus. Huh. And because of her reply, he tells her to go home. The demons left her daughter. If, if you ever been with your child and they're in the serious, serious condition of illness, torment, and you need, you need what someone has, you want them to come with you and go with you to your house. And it's like, 
this woman's faith, it, it, it's like, you know, the centurion that just says, no, just speak the word, that'd be enough. And Jesus' just declaration, go home, your daughter's fine, your daughter's healed. She goes home. I'd say, I feel better if you'd go with me. Would you come along? Uh, if you can't, could you send a couple of your disciples to come and, and they could, you know, if, if my daughter's not completely free, they could pray for her, they could, they could minister to her. No, she gets up, goes home, finds her daughter lying on the bed. Now, I don't know if that's a good signal or a bad signal. You know, if, if she's bedridden, if she's sick, if, if whatever the manifestation of the demonic is in her is causing her to be in bed, just coming and seeing her lying in bed isn't enough. You really couldn't tell. But the demon was gone. The text says, and the demon was gone. Hmm. I don't know what the situation is. The text is silent. But sometimes I think it's, it's good for us to just say, Holy Spirit, what is that little girl in my life? What is that that I need to contend for, for another, that the kingdom of darkness has brought a restriction of life. One of the things that we know about the demonic is it wants to harm. It wants to ultimately harm. It may lie to you and deceive you and promise you some things, but ultimately its purpose is destruction. Jesus says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And every demon abides by that Three laws, steal, kill, destroy. That's one of the things that I really love. <laughs> in, in the scripture, it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Hmm. And so here we have this little girl who is demonized and Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. And he does that through salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. He does that through healing, whether it's a organic sickness, a functional sickness, or a demonic inspired sickness. He comes to deliver and cast out demons, which I think we probably have very little understanding of how much they are affecting our life. The demonic is based on deception. It's based on the intentionality to harm, to restrict life, to prevent connection with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to prevent a passion for anyone other than ourselves. If it can get us completely self-focused, then we don't know the heart of the Father 
the heart of Jesus, the heart of the Holy Spirit for others. And so it makes our world very, very small. And it keeps us, me, myself, and nobody else. So the passage here today, Lord, what is it that you want to take and, and bring awareness to me of how the kingdom of darkness is trying to harm my kids, my friends, my acquaintances? How is the kingdom of darkness coming against and how do I approach you in their behalf? Now the good news is most everybody in here is a Gentile. But through the new birth, we have been adopted into the family of God. And so now we, we don't have to be ostracized and feel like we don't belong and we don't have any right to come before the Father. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he is the living way by which we now can come into the presence of the Father and make our petitions known. And the Holy Spirit who lives in us is interceding for us and he will give us the language because oftentimes we don't know what or how to pray but the Holy Spirit does and as he releases that we pray so I want you to just take a minute right now and just ask the Lord Lord where is it that you want me to partner with you in seeing the destruction of what the enemy has done to my family, to my friends, to other people that you have brought across my path. The Lord may have you start a new prayer list of intercession of those that you are called to contend for, for the full release of whatever the devil is doing in their lives. And it could be manifested in a physical illness. It may be manifested in a mental illness it may be manifest in a relational bondage. It could be found in addiction. Lord, would you honor us with that which is on your heart today so that we can stand with you for the destruction of the evil one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.